What is happening, everybody? Uh, this is Chuck Livingston, co-host of your favorite Arkansas Razorback podcast, uh, The Hogcast. I'm joined, as always, today in uh, Brett Bielema's liver with uh, by uh, <laughs> Logan Livingston. Logan? What's up, everybody? And Colby Yarbrough. What it do? Yeah, we are in Brett's liver, and I got to tell you, it's deteriorating by the second in here. Uh when we when we first took so the last time you heard from us we had just beaten Auburn in an epic four overtime game we were joking about Bert getting uh, McDonald's breakfast left and right doing shots of fireball well the fireball never stopped uh, since we last recorded that we've won three more games beating UT Martin uh, beating Ole Miss in another overtime game and then uh, last Saturday night just absolutely smashing uh, the number nine ranked team in the country LSU at Death Valley. Uh, as a result, our, we're going to have to find a new liver to live in because this is, uh, there are holes everywhere down here. There's just fireball and, and a gold slogger everywhere. Logan Colby, so help fire. me make – Logan, how, y'all, how did this happen? Like, I mean, so much to talk about. I mean, UC Martin was kind of expected, but we didn't want to take it for granted after Toledo and Tech. But I'll be doggone if uh, Ole Miss and LSU has – on the road, no less, haven't been the best two-week stretch of the Bielema era to date. Man, Bert likes beating Ole Miss and LSU back to back. He's just gonna carry a case of Fireball down that two game stretch every year from now on. Like, oh, here comes the cupcakes, Ole Miss and LSU. Let's go, baby. I may not be able to get Toledo, but I'm catching the Rams and the Tigers, baby. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. I mean, uh, I mean, Brett. Honestly, outside of the Toledo Tech debacle, well, don't get and don't get me wrong, that was a debacle. Debacles, both of them. But, uh, I mean, what, he won six of his last nine SEC games? That's not bad. I mean, I'll take that. That's in the freaking West, the most competitive it's been in a decade, easily. Yeah, and with one of those games coming to uh, Alabama, or both of those from Alabama, two of the three from Alabama, and that's nine games. So, I mean, I mean, nobody's beating Alabama except for Ole Miss somehow. So, <laughs> I mean, you can't hate on that. Uh, not too much, anyway. Well, and, and on top of that, we were competitive in both losses. You know, you have to look at it and really say – you're right. Yeah, Alabama's just that team right now, just kind of the gold standard, really, in college football to me. Um, I know they haven't won a national title in so many years, but, I mean, they're always there. And You uh, say so many like it's been a decade. It's been like two years. <laughs> it's been like three years, yeah. So They're having uh, a drought over there in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> yeah, they're about – if they don't win this year, they might run Saban off. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, not only is nobody beating them, but, I mean, they – they literally lose two games a year, uh, and one of those is in the bowl or the, the semifinal. So, um, yeah, I mean, just just what a run this has been. Uh, Colby, I'd love to hear what you've got to say, just sort of at large about the last three weeks. It's like Dan Enos has woke, woken up. The offense was looking pretty good there early part Ooh. of the season, but it was like, you know, they couldn't put together. And I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, Enos is kind of getting familiar with all the players. And then you lose, like, your four top players, three receivers and Jonathan Williams. And so I think he was trying to just not so much learn the job, but trying to figure out everything out. But um, since that Tennessee game, especially since Auburn, in that overtime in Auburn when Brent Allen connected to uh, in that first overtime and kind of got that confidence, it just seems like he's been on a high ever since. And then um, often has been unstoppable. And I think a group text shot is that if you're a recruit, why wouldn't you want to play for this offense? It's no more or no longer just one dimensional like receiver. You're getting touches. Drew Morgan leads the conference in touchdowns. You know, Dominic Reed's getting. 55 You've seen the tight ends in action. Yeah. Tight ends. I mean, of course, if you're an old lineman, you want to play there now. Quarterback because Brandon Allen's probably going to throw three thousand yards this year. So. 
I mean, why would you not want to play in this system? I mean, and, and if you're a receiver, you're going to get single coverage. You're not going to get double coverage like you would in su- other systems. Very good point. Um, you know, I'm glad you brought up Dan Enos because that also brings – that's a smooth transition to the real winners in all this. Is it is it Brett Bielema? Yes. Is it Jen? Of course. Is it is it Hog Nation? Of course. You know who the real winners are, guys? Me, you, and Logan, because we were throwing shade at Jim Chady two years ago, and now that we see what this offense can be with any, literally anybody else in place, even though Dan Enos has done a great job, we are absolutely validated and justified for all the jokes over the years. Do you agree? I completely agree. I mean, you look at it. I mean, I think just from the quarterback changes, you can tell Brandon Allen's a different kind of guy this year. Absolutely. I mean, I've always, I've always, I've always felt like Jim Chaney wasn't exactly a great quarterback coach in general. I mean, he actually had he some coached, Logan. Teams. He coached Drew Brees at Purdue <laughs> oh twenty God. years ago. My twenty God. years ago. All right, so he's got one guy that probably was. And he wasn't even his position matter. coach, was he? Was just off. No, I don't think he was. Yeah. So it's like, look, man, like I don't know. I, I, there were some times where Jim Chaney would he would score on you in the red zone. Jim Chaney was fairly effective, even if you sure. look at it. Uh, but that was the problem. He wouldn't get there very often outside of that first drive. That was the Jim Chaney kind of the know, scripted, the first yeah, fifteen. Yeah, yeah, you get that scripted one, then it's all downhill from there. But uh, I think having Danny Nose on the field, uh, interacting with the receivers and the players, and obviously Brandon Allen has really helped a lot. And uh, like I said, he, we, we finally got Brandon Allen stepping up these last three games, really last four games, and just playing some of the best quarterback play we've seen since the Petrino era, really. So. Uh, it's just been great times. I mean, I can't say enough about Danny. It's a really good job. And some of his play calling, like, we didn't see any screens last year. And we just see, like, I mean, there's short passes to the uh, um, base of the wide receiver screens and just let the Drew Morgan or Cornelius or um, Dominic Reed make plays. I mean, so it's a short 10-yard pass. And, and every it seems like every pass there's at least 5 to 10 yards. And you've seen a couple that go, you know, score a touchdown. You know what's crazy about it is that – I mean, I'm no defensive coach, okay? I, you know, I, I don't know no, much about the football X's and O's. I mean, I know who players are and stuff like that. But Enos, a couple times this year, I've just been totally shocked by some of the plays that he's uh, called. Like, caught me by surprise, you know, let alone I can only imagine what these defensive scouts might be thinking. I, you know, just keeping them off balance. Uh, there are some things that irk me a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, you talk about – I was and again, you're, you're kind of picking nits at this point, right? But – uh, you know, like some of the some of the uh, the the uh, jet sweeps, the Drew Morgan to the short side of the field. Uh, you know, Drew's probably deceptively quick, but to go to the short side of the field, you know, and that could be Dominic. But again, you can't argue with what the guy's done over the past four weeks. Like, I mean, producing against three SEC defenses and rolling up six, a sixty burger on UT Martin. I mean that. I mean, are there are there any complaints at this point? Like, because we were kind of we were kind of skeptical in September, but. Honestly, since when we look back at it, it's like, look, I mean, we had a lot of injuries. Like, it's uh-huh. going to be hard for any offensive coordinator. I mean, we were obviously distraught early on in the season. Losing to Toledo and Tech, there's not really a whole lot of excuse there, really. But when you go back and look at it with a reasonable head, you're like, man, look, Danny Nose lost his best running back option. He lost his best wide receiver option during the Toledo game. His fullback, which is really his important. Fullback. So it's like he had a lot. Like, he had, not only did he have to come in and kind of change the system from the Jim Cheney debacle to the Dan Enos era. He also had to deal with losing some of his best talent. And, you know, I think he's done a great job. It just took even, it took more time than I think it would have taken if he could have had all of his players to start the season. Well, I'm glad you bring that up that, you know, because he, you got to think he got hired and when in the springtime somewhere, when, yeah. when did Cheney? All right. So let's say he, he comes on in February or March. 
All right, he comes on February, March, and he's working with, you know, uh, Keon Hatcher, and he's working with, you know, Jared Cornelius, Williams. Jonathan Williams, and all these guys, and he's he's just trying to get them up to speed in the system, right? Because uh-huh. he's got big plans for Jay Will and Alex Collins and, and, mm-hmm. Corne- and Cornelius and Keon and all these guys. All right, big plans, big plans. And then you get into the season, and you, you look good in the opener, pretty good. I mean, better, you know, about what we expected. But then you you start suffering injuries in the playoffs. So now the guys that you've been repping, you've had for exactly, you know, one game. And now you're back at square one. Like, here's the thing. You're right. The t- and you know what? Honestly, I look at it. I I'm not even that turned off by the tech loss because we didn't get any stops that night. The problem was the defense was uh, was cumbersome that night. And it still is, by the way. And we'll say, get that to was, that. That was foreshadowing for the rest of the season. <laughs> by the way, the more Albert things changed. Of, the- Albert Robert receiver just ran wide open in my living room. He just caught another. Malachi Dupree just streaked through my office, uh, <laughs> caught a 12-yard pass, and is going to the house right now. someone's leg. Off someone's leg. That was ridiculous. We'll get to <laughs> but but here's the thing. Like as far as Enos goes, like we knew we were losing talent on the defense. You know the offense, but to rebound like this, I mean, how impressed? Like I can't remember an in-season re- rejuvenation like this since probably 2001 when uh, we started one and three. We got we got beat by Tennessee. We got killed on the road at Alabama and Georgia. But we insert Matt Jones, and we, we take off. We win six straight, and then we end up losing at LSU the last game of the year. An LSU team that was uh, Nick Saban's first SEC title team at LSU, by the way. Um, I, I just can't remember one like it. Like, we've literally gone in a month, the span of one month, from being laughingstock, joke, everybody ripping it, ripping it, Brett, myself included. I, I was absolutely yeah, he in there. De- I was, he deserved it. He deserved it. He deserved it. He's running his mouth. He's popping off. But now you get Auburn at home, and like you said earlier – you know, that, that, or, or maybe it was Colby. Somebody said earlier, you know, ever since B.A., um, you know, that, that touchdown pass, it's just he's been a completely different guy. He's Joe Montana all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, you know, some of it's Danny, you know, some of it's getting that confidence. But, you know, and here's the thing, too. I've been very critical of the guy, but I'm going to back off. Like, I always knew he could be better. I knew I, I, was, I knew coming out of high school he was a highly regarded prospect. I expected more out of him. But he's even, he's even been better than I would have – I even thought when he was a high school senior. I mean, this guy – Look what he's done. I mean, the draft. I mean, Mel Copper has him getting drafted. Uh, Chris Mortensen has him getting drafted. And it's like, what? You know, if you told me this at the beginning of the season, it'd been like, I wouldn't. Yeah. But, I mean, I thought he'd be effective and I thought he'd be picked up. But talking about being a, a fifth round draft pick, I wouldn't have thought it. Well, it's like no. the screenshot I sent you guys. I mean, next week, literally, he could be playing for the first team all SEC quarterback spot. I mean, legitimately, it's him or Dak. There's no contest, really. Like, it's those yeah. two guys. Like, I don't think anybody else is even in the in the realm of conversation. You, you mean you don't like Matty Mock? No, I'm good on him, man. I'm real good. I think I'm good. What about uh, – Jeremy Johnson was preseason uh, Heisman. <laughs> Jeremy Johnson, that guy. <laughs> yeah, what about Jeremy Johnson? Do you like him? Yeah, he's like third string now, right? <laughs> Something like yeah, I think he's. I think he's gonna be playing some safety this week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they. Uh, yeah, BA. BA's been the difference because. And here's the thing. Here's the big problem. Here we're talking about the defense, right? Uh, for BA to put up these numbers, knowing every time he touches the football that they have to have it. I mean, Auburn was the same way. I know we all were exchange in the group. The group message that day was the most uh, <laughs> depressing for most of the day was probably the most, I mean, because, like, they were just wide open. Like, Sean White freaking looked oh, like Peyton Manning. <laughs> like, their receivers open. There were guys wide open. I mean, Peyton Manning over this weekend. No, no. The, Peyton <laughs> in his prime. Like, you know, like, dude, they're just receivers. Ever, I mean, literally, we, I think Love 
Logan brought it up in the group message that day. He said, if we score here, we've got to go for two because we're not going to stop them. And, and we, we only did by the grace of God and some stone hands by Auburn receivers. Um, yeah. and Bert of course, learned, we covered that. Yeah, and Bert learned his lesson because he knew he had to go for two in the Ole Miss game. And here's the thing. you got to give Bert a lot of credit because here, here's, here's how you got to look at it. You know, being a head coach, especially in this day and age with Twitter and ESPN and SEC Network and, you know, paper guys and think of the media. All right. Think of the guys, you know, you get on Twitter during your lunch break and you scroll through and you've got Tom Murphy, you've got Bob Holt, you've got Vernon, you've got all these guys covering the Razorbacks, right? For Bert to, to identify and look and see that he's like, you know what? We're not stopping Swag Kelly and Ole Miss. We're not, we haven't covered Laquan Treadwell all freaking day. <laughs> he's still wide open. He's still open. He's, he's calling for the ball right now. He's outside my window. I can see him. Treadwell. <laughs> For him to – here's the thing. That's your best chance to win the game is right there. And, and Logan and I watched the game together, and we both agreed. We got to go for two here because we're not stopping them. I we wanted agreed. to do the regulation. I, I you did. Like, like, look, you got to go now because you don't want to go to overtime with these guys. Like, you don't well, because you, you don't know how the coin flip's going to go. You don't, I mean, there's so much unknown. You know you're three yards away from the victory in and, regulation. And here's the thing. That first overtime went very similar to the first overtime at Auburn. where Sure. It was Three plays, touchdown, no competition. It was like 15 yards a carry. Just like, all right, what's bam, happening bam. now? Uh, well, of course, we'd be remiss to talk about the Ole Miss game without talking about uh, 4th and 25. Uh, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Is it the 100? Yeah, well, what do we call it? We got to come up. I mean, we've seen like some stuff. The hog and ladder. I like the hog and ladder and the hog heave. The hog heave was pretty good. Divine I was kind of into swine intervention. Yeah, swine intervention. Swine intervention was pretty good. Regardless, I think we can all agree that it was probably, if probably the most memorable play, definitely since um, uh, Kobe Hamilton uh, split two. Yeah, I mean, yeah. D- just a one play situation. Uh, uh, you know, that would have to be up there. That was twenty ten, of course. Um, this one has to be just because it was game over. It yeah, was, game was. That's it. It was my most memorable, except if, from that until Joe Adams fourth and two. I guess that was oh yeah, better than Sugar Bowl because that had swag like written all over it, and that was like that won the game. I mean, that was it. Well, they were done. That's fun. That's fun. Its own quote. We didn't come here to paint. We came to win the game. I mean, yeah, and they did. <laughs> they freaking did. Here's the thing: you've got you're facing a good defensive team. You could have easily punted the ball, but no, we don't. Hey, we've got Mallet. We've got Joe Adams. We're going for this. We're going to get it. Yeah. That's it. Period. So the fourth and twenty five play. Logan and I are watching the game, and like, I, I think I, I I think I can speak for Logan and his dad both when we said we were pretty bummed out. I mean, you don't. There's no real page in the playbook for fourth and 25 uh, and there I, wasn't there still wasn't i mean no, we threw I saw, a, I saw it online that we had a point like zero zero two five percent chance to win the game at that point before the snap seems high that's arkansas is, like if any team of the past like three or four years the ball has definitely not bounced arkansas's way so it was just it, it was kind of new almost logan's dad said that as soon as as soon as we converted that's what logan's dad said he said that's the type of crap he didn't say crap that <laughs> happens to us yeah. And I, but but you're right. He did. I mean, seriously, how many times over the years have we talked about, you know, balls bouncing off a guy's back into a shoulder, well, whatever. The LSU game. I mean, it bounced off. We covered it perfectly. It just bounced. I mean, it, it not only it bounced off freaked, a guy's it elbows. bounced right in that dude's hands, like stride Dupree's hands, right in stride. He he just like, I think it, it just landed straight in his hands. I mean, he didn't have to do anything. 
here's my thing though. We cashed in all of our bad luck at one time because that was like one of the most ridiculous plays that I've ever seen. Like and, ever. Oh God. Ever. And I think you could just group in that uh, going for two as well. And that, that I think it's just all I, to me. That's just all one play. Oh, catching the face mask as well. Yeah, and did y'all see the Buffalo Wild Wings commercial? Yeah, oh yeah, phenomenally done. But but here's the crazy thing. Think, all right, think about this. All right, we throw a what a 14 yard pass to Hunter on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't, you can't even see the first down marker from there, right? So Hunter is getting tackled. He's going to the turf. He throws it over his head back towards the line of scrimmage. Just God, somebody make a play. Somebody do something. It bounces off of Skipper and an Ole Miss player, or definitely an Ole Miss player in the in the region. And it bounced, bounced right up to Collins. You're, you're all SEC running back who knows exactly what to do with the ball in space. He's the only person around in that area that it could go to and actually get a first down. Like The only guy, for, yeah, that is capable of such it. a thing. It's over. Yeah, he's running around. He probably laterals it, and it probably ends up in, you know, Sebastian Tola's hand. Yeah, exactly. But but instead, it, it ends up in Collins' arms. And now here's the, here's the underrated thing. All the Ole Miss guys were chasing the ball to the Hunter sideline, right? Yep. So they've got to run back across the field while Collins is – I mean, he got like 30 yards on the play. And, it, and is that – and if, like, think of what all has to go right for this play to go – I mean, what are the odds that you could you could do that against an empty field? Just me, you, and Logan out, outside. <laughs> we couldn't pull that crap off. They're in pads. They're in prime time. Fourth and 25. You got Ole Miss guys cussing at you and shaking <laughs> Maker's Mark bourbon. You know, they're flipping you off. You know, they're, they're about to go win the party in the Grove. And you're executing hogging laterals back back <laughs> towards the way. And how does that happen? And after he got the first down, he was lucky because Alex Collins thought that the game was over if they didn't score there. So he tried yes. to ladder it back to Dominic Yeah, that was Reed. almost a disaster. And so, like, how heartbreaking would that have been? He gets the first down and then toss <laughs> oh it up. God, Dominic Reed dives on I it. So. Reed, the one mug in the stadium who knew what was going on. Yeah, so uh, – so, yeah, so you're right. So then, like, at that point, and Brad even said this after the game, he said that he knew after that play that it, it was on, it was going to happen, uh, we're going for two. And then you get bailed out by a face mask, which is clearly it – was, it was the right call. We can all agree on that because yep, he definitely was, grasped it. It was very obvious. Yeah. I, I think some so, Ole Miss fans are like, they should have swallowed the whistle on that. I'm like, you know, anything uh, no. that happened, like Brent Allen could have tossed it up and somebody caught it. I mean, there's still right a chance. It already happened once. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then you know, and then running BA on the on the quarterback key. I mean, you know, BA moves pretty well, but uh, they just seem confident that they could get it in from the two and a half there. And uh, yeah, oh my god! Did. Now, now the one the one downside of the Ole Miss game, if there is such a thing, and I live in West Memphis, Arkansas, so there are a lot of Ole Miss fans around here, and I've really enjoyed some of the conversations I've been able to have uh, since that game. Let me just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> But uh, you, you, can, you can make your – I think you can jump to your own conclusions there. Um, the one downside is I'm pretty sure I crushed Logan's windpipe uh, in the celebration <laughs> after the game went in two-point conversion. Logan, Charlie, you Charlie, gonna... was like, Charlie was like running around my house like as hard as he could, and then like he was trying to celebrate with Which me. Which is not very fast. But... No, not very like, fast at all. Like a 6-2. So, um, but, yeah, he like punched – he punched me in the throat like eight times, like trying to celebrate. And he was so happy, and I was like choking, like I'm about to die. That like, kills Logan with the hog I Yeah, I, I you know I, I couldn't get I'm away. Just the he hog cast with Chuck and Jill. <laughs> it, it was it was a remarkable moment, you know, because like, and I didn't really didn't mean to. I, I like all right, so we scored, and NBA crosses over. I knew he did, and like I fell to my knees over in the corner <laughs> of Logan's dad's uh, living room. All right, so then. 
I'm coming back to get in the dog pile with Logan and his dad. And I'm just coming in with my hands up because I felt like I was Brandon in that moment, you know. So I come in with my hands up, and I guess I just dropped one of them just to go for the hug and the man hug. And, yeah, right into Logan's neck. Like, I, I could have been prosecuted if something terrible had happened to Logan. And that, like, I could have. And then you did it four more times. <laughs> you just kept doing it. Well, I kept asking. I was like, was it was it this neck? Was it this throat? Was it this throat? And was it you know, this neck? Uh, so, you know, so that was the one downside, you know. But, but I mean, Logan, you know, he, he's a trooper, man. He got over it. Uh, I bounced back. You know, yeah, about Logan. Logan's a gamer, man. Um, it's a lot easier know, to do uh, that after a win. If it had been a loss. Then... Oh, if it had been a loss, I'd have beat Charlie's ass, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it would have been over with. Yeah. Well, he would have tried. He would have tried. Um, also, the... The the, un, the also great the, the other great thing about the uh, the Ole Miss game was that kind of a star was born. A guy we were, we we really loved when he when he committed to the university and you know we're really excited about his potential. Dominique Reed, um, you know he he had that big catch to set up the potential game winning kick against Ole Miss in regulation. Uh, had just had a big day against the Rebs and he had another day against uh, LSU in a thirty one to fourteen whitewashing. Let's just call it what it was. It was domination. Uh, it probably wasn't as close as 31-14 would explain to you. Uh, the Hogs rushed for 300 yards. Uh, Logan, what were you saying? They got a, they got a fluky touchdown, too. Bounced off right. of a, a guy's elbow, as we talked about earlier. So, yeah, it could have been a lot worse for LSU. They kind of got off easy. Yeah, they did. Uh, you know, Dominic Reed, um, really just one of the more exciting plays I can remember uh, in a different way. Like, not, not that it was, you know, huge, but it was in the first quarter. He catches this, like, 12-yard hitch route. And just outruns the LSU secondary, like like I was like I was telling you guys in the group message. You know, they you always think of LSU as having this quick, you know, star-studded defense, and D. Reed catches a short pass and just pulls away. Like, I mean, it was incredible. It was like I was watching NASCAR for a moment. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when he did it. Like when he took off, I was like, he's gone. Like it was like Matt Jones, <laughs> like galloping down the sidelines. I was like, oh my god, he's gone. Just a long strider, I guess. I was like, look at this man go. I mean. Colby, you remember, you know the play I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, you talking about Dominic Reed? Yeah, oh, I'm always yeah. talking about Dominic Reed, buddy. <laughs> well, I thought you were going back to pass, but yeah, that, that play, once he bit that one, uh, that defensive back, I knew he was gone, but it, it wasn't even that great a pass. Like, he kind of caught it a little bit behind him, it seemed like, and then yeah. he got going, and, and we were talking about this before we came on the show, but um, at Tennessee, I, I, I know I've seen a bunch of, like, uh, tweets and stuff that saying you know Tennessee just wasn't trying that touchdown but it looked kind of similar like it just looked like the defense is running a mud compared to him and I think he's just deceptive with his speed and it just makes everybody else look slow and we heard about his speed coming in the season he's just been it's been crazy the difference he's it just seems like kind of going back where you're talking about like last month that you know it's not in day the team I think it's just like everything clicked at once Brand Allen started making plays Dominant Reed stepped up Drew Morgan continued doing what he was doing Hunter Henry still Hunter Henry. The offensive line started to gel a little more, and, and it seems like everything just came together at once. It wasn't like, you know, one week Brent Allen was all it, and then, then two weeks later Dominic Reed comes to picture. It all happened, it seemed like, at one time. Well, well let me say that – oh, go ahead, Logan. The biggest difference this year, too, is like even, no matter what you think about Brandon Allen, uh, in the past we really haven't had any guys that could really hit the home run in general. Yep. I'm glad saying. you're making this point. Because Dominique Reed, we didn't have that kind of guy, you know, and even Jared Cornelius. I mean, he had a big home run hit against LSU, but it was a rush. Never, 
he had never done that before. Um, so, I mean, even from a running back standpoint, we really haven't had many home runs in the Burt era. We had three against LSU. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that that's the difference. I mean, you it looked like game three of the Cubs Cardinals NLDS. Yeah, you're just staggering these guys. I mean, it was like it was like Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm out there. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh my! Remember. We probably hold LSU. <laughs> Beal's first year with uh, Brandon Allen, they were double covering uh, Hunter Henry because that was the only his real target. He had Hatcher too, but they put a you know their best another defender on Hatcher and shut him down, and that was the only two targets. Now you got you got four or five targets. Yeah, Logan's right because you got this guy with this bit. He's big, he's fast, he's strong, he's got good hands. I mean, I, he I can think jump. that yeah, he can jump. I mean, this is a guy that really has the total package. Really, some let's be honest, some pro potential there. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, he's never had a guy like that. You've had some good tight ends, and you've had, you know, Keon Hatcher's a nice player, but he's not. He's more possession type receiver. He's not a game breaker. Dominic Reed, like, like seriously, and like I, I don't make this compare comparison lightly. He, he looked like freaking Randy Moss the other day. Like, <laughs> I, like, like I thought we had signed Randy. Like I think I even texted you. I was like, when did we yeah. get Randy Moss on our team? And I mean, you know how Randy. If you know who Randy Moss is, and you understand why that's a, I mean. Just a remarkable comparison, but it's it's accurate. I mean, look look at what he does. Look at Randy Moss on YouTube, and look at Dominic Reed, uh, Ole Miss or Elish. I mean, it's the same skill set. I mean, he's not Randy Moss, but I'm saying he looks like Randy Moss. So, um, but yeah, he's an exciting player, man. I you know I but yeah, the LSU game. Like, what can you say? I mean, everything kind of worked. VA didn't have his eye popping numbers, but didn't have to. We were just dominating on the ground. Three hundred rushing yards, over three hundred. That's the thing, like Colby said, I think the best thing about Enos is he kind of takes what the defense is going to give him. And I agree. That's, that's what you got to do. Like, if you can't throw, if you're, if you're running the ball down their throats, don't stop. Like, that was one thing that bothered me about Petrino, because, like, he, like, I know, I remember the LSU game specifically that last season when we were at 14-0 back in 1976. And, uh, <laughs> Lou Holtz and, had just resigned. Like, like, Von Steumann was our fullback, and we were just running it down their throats with, I think, Roger Green and, uh, we just stopped doing it. Like we were up fourteen nothing, and we just stopped running the ball, and we kept. Which is when you should start to take the air yeah. out of the ball. I See. never understood that decision. I still think we lose that game probably anyway because that LSU team was just loaded. But they were loaded. But still, though, you got to do what's working, and I think Enos had that figured out. Like we get it. Brandon Allen's been really hot lately, but why even? Why throw the ball fifty times when you're running the ball so well that it doesn't matter? Like, why take that risk? That's a great point. But in, uh, even back to Houston Nutt, it felt like he was just set on running the ball no matter what, you know, he's going to establish the Lamar. And then, like I said, Petrino, he kind of got past happy sometimes when, you know, he'd get away from his what was working. But it seems like Dan Enos the last six or seven games, and that's what kind of gives me hope for the Brett Bielma area that, you know, he's not just stuck on one style. You know, it's, he's let his offense coordinator call what he wants and it, whatever the defense gives him. And, and that's how you win in this league. You can't just be one-dimensional, either pass or run. You have to be able to keep them off balance. And you might have to – like, they would just pass it 16 times, but with that threat that they've had. Oh, my God. Year. DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you yeah. off. I just, I'm watching the Monday night game, and DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins just made this. He looked like Dominique Reed on this play. <laughs> what anyway, go ahead. No, I, I was just saying that, you know, you, you even though Arkansas just passes 16 times, they had that threat. I remember, you know, getting the game, Arkansas did a couple uh, uh, play-action plays, and LSU was there. They were covering Hunter Henry and a couple of players, but – um, they just after that they just stuck the run and it worked and I think a lot of it just goes back to what they've done the past couple of weeks with their passing. Yeah, yeah it so made, it made go people ahead. respect it made people respect you know the passing game and uh, that's going to open things up a lot because now like 
as a as a defense, how do you scheme for Arkansas? Because really, on on film, we've done it all. Like and we can we can literally beat you however we want to. And, and even on that sweet play, like with Cornelius, like the camera even went off to Cody Walker. Oh, yeah. Like I'm like, oh, that's that's all right. I wish we'd gained a little more. We were still up by uh, ten the time, and then next thing you know, it flashes to Cornelius, and he's almost you know scored a touchdown already. He left a vapor trail behind him. <laughs> He's gone, man. He was gone. He hit the Jets. Like, uh, yeah, that's an entry. Uh, by the way, uh, talking about the LSU game, you know, we, we've been giving a lot of dap to BA and, and Dominique Reed, and rightfully so. Those guys were phenomenal. Uh, I think he cut out, Charlie. Uh, my man, Alex Collins, you know, he's probably. Hello? No, Hello? You're good. You're good. Okay. Um, Alex Collins, you know, he's a guy that has just been productive as a running back here, but he's sort of always been overshadowed by Jonathan Williams. Uh, he's been phenomenal, uh, really, most of this year, uh, other than early in the season where we had – the whole offense struggled, let's be honest. Um, but Alex Collins, these past couple weeks, to give you that hard-nosed running option, uh, you know, especially without Raleigh Williams now, I mean, he's the guy. He's And he's, he's just been that guy. I mean, what did he do against LSU? He had an 80-yard touchdown run mm-hmm. that he didn't look fast, but, again, he's – He's outrunning guys. Like I, I mean, listen, Alex Collins is gonna. I don't know what the future holds, but he's gonna be one of the most productive running backs, probably. I mean, I mean, think about. It. He's done a thousand yards his first three seasons. Only he's liable to come back again. That. How many? Only two other players did that. One of us. Yeah. SEC. Harshaw so, Walker and McFadden. So you know, say what you want about the team and how they weren't winning or whatever. Uh, that's pretty good company, right? Herschel Walker and Darren McFadden. It's not bad. We, we, we've heard of those guys. And I'm not saying Collins is those guys because he's not. But I am saying that, you know, he, he's not flashy. He's not this, you know, considering all the drama that surrounded him coming to Arkansas, what a career he's had. And, you know, he's got another year. I mean, he could opt to go, but running back is so, you know, undervalued now. Uh, I really hope he comes back, especially with Jay Will saying he's probably out at the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. But, man, Alex Collins just, uh, you know, and there's not there hasn't been one – Alex Collins game where you're like, oh, wow, Alex Collins, you know. But he, when you look up and he's always got 118 yards in the score. He's always picking up pass pro. You know, he's all, I mean, he just he's just a solid player. Uh, he's just a gamer. He's a guy you want on your team. Uh, my hat's off to Alex after uh, the uh, LSU game. There's two reasons I think that he might be, you know, underappreciated. Not underappreciated so much, but, you know, I think Arkansas fans as a whole were probably spooled by Darren McFadden. I don't think right. we'll ever see a back like him again. I was watching the replay of the uh, 2007 South Carolina game. Oh, watch that he's, too, he's, man. He's, he's so good. He's, I mean, in, in Darren McFadden, was just, he just big plays. And, you know, he had a 80-yard run every two or three games, it seemed like, or a 70-yard run. And, and uh, what he did out of the Wildcat was just amazing. But Alex Collins, like you're saying, he's not just flashy. I mean, I think that's probably his longest run, run he had against LSU was 80 yards. I think he had a couple like 60 and 70, maybe one against A&M and Tech last year. But he just he's always getting positive yards. He's falling forward. It's nothing. He's just his running style is not sexy or anything, but just it's just um, it, it works. You know, he's getting four or five yards every time. It seems like. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. I mean, there's a guy that you know when the chips are down and you've got to get three yards. And, again, some that's the offensive line, too. you got to give credit to the line. But Collins, like, you know, he, he doesn't complain about his role. He goes out there. He works hard. He's been a, he's bought in. He's been a guy for three years now, you know, sort of overshadowed. And he just he does a job. Like, I, And, again, just very impressed by him. Very impressed by the way he handles his business. Um, and I think you know, that's it's a shame. The NFL. 
as far as his style. I think so too. Yeah, I mean, not an early round pick, but mm-hmm. uh, but we'll see. I mean, you know, you talk about a guy like him, he just um, very impressive. Uh, you know, again, there, there's probably not one Alex Collins game that that stands out, but you know, there are probably five where he's been crucial to, to a Razorback win, and I mean that. You know, maybe that's almost better than having the the sexy three hundred yard rushing game or something. like I don't know, but he's been a I don't know he's he's been a joy to watch this year because we've needed him, and he's he's answered the bell. I mean, just just an impressive season. Absolutely, and and, and I, I I think he's gone after this year. Just it makes sense just with Fournette and, and Chubb going next year. I mean, for him, I I wouldn't um, I wouldn't blame him either way, honestly. But um, as fans, I mean, we need to join him because it might be. Yeah, his last year. It could be. It could be. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be thin at running back next year, guys. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we yeah. Freshman running backs coming in, and if Raleigh makes it back, then uh, uh, let's touch on the defense real quick, and then we'll do a quick um a quick update on the Bielema era. Uh, you know, the defense looked a lot better against LSU, but Logan kind of brought up an interesting stat before we started the show. Logan, what do you, what do you want to tell the people about Brandon Harris? Uh, he's not very good. Um, that's one thing. I forgot. I don't know what stat you're trying to bring me bring up. I forgot. <laughs> it's always not very good. He's still uh, you said, you said like, we're talking about how we're, we're talking about how 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 bad he looked, but he almost threw for like 300 yards. Yeah, he threw for like almost 300 yards. Yes, that was not very good. Um, but we we held him to only 14 points, and really seven of them were fluky. So I mean, it's more of that Willie Robinson bend don't break, I guess. But I never thought I'd want to compare Rob Smith to Willie Robinson. That's kind of bad. Yeah, you know, LSU's kind of a limited offensive team anyway, but uh, there's some bad defense being played the previous three the th- previous the three weeks. Defense. Auburn. The run yeah. defense has been solid. And yeah, you're right. Auburn, that's only felt a lot better about the LSU game than Ole Miss. Yeah, I agree. Well, guess who felt great about both of them? Brett Bielema. <laughs> Brett. Speaking of, the last time we talked, uh, we, uh, we, we, were, we were coming around on old Brett. We, we were looking at it, and we were like, gosh, you know, if we finish 6-6, six and six, that's not too bad. Um, guys, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make. A, I'm gonna make a statement here, and I don't want to jinx anything. And you know me, I usually don't. I'm not a big prisoner of the moment or anything like that. It looks pretty likely that the Hogs freaking went out and go eight and four <laughs> after everything we've been through this year, after all these injuries, after losing to Toledo and Texas Tech at home. It looks exceeding. I mean, can we have September back? <laughs> let's be honest. We've got two games left. They're both at home. We'll be. We'll be favored in both of them. Uh. Rate the Bill Maher right now one to ten. Ten being exceptional, one being uh, let's bring Jack Crow back. <laughs> one, <laughs> no, <laughs> I uh, man, gotta give that guy an eight, man. I mean, yep. what he what he's done in the in the past like four weeks has really, I think, turned everybody's perception kind of of his tenure here just around completely. And it was a very it was a very important span though for him because, I mean, if we don't go to a bowl game this year and we don't show out in these last you know two months, then you know, there's some. There's the seat is literally on fire, like fireball level on engulfed fire. in flames. Yeah, they're just gonna douse his chair in fireball and then light a match and just let it go. Like that's what they were gonna do to him. But uh, you know, I mean, you, I mean, he's done everything that he's supposed to do these last two months. I mean, obviously, you wish he had, you know, September back, but you know, we can't. We we obviously don't get that that option. But I mean, we're very likely gonna win eight games and um, maybe nine after the bowl. And nine after the bowl, and then you look back and you're like, man, if you have Toledo and A and M back, that's eleven wins this year, guys. Like, just, as one of the players that had to get injured, Jonathan Wynn's been here. I mean, 
yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you look back and you're like, man, hold on a minute. Like, Toledo, we were like one play, one pass away from winning. A&M, that was a debacle in itself. I mean, yeah, it was. Probably not going to beat Texas Tech just because our defense st- – I mean, Texas Tech's still scoring touchdowns right now. Um, Cliff is on top of the dog pile drinking yeah, – he's drinking yeah. fireball in this scenario. Yeah, he's drinking the fireball. I mean, honestly, the only game that we couldn't have won all year was Alabama, I think. And, and we led that, that game in the fourth quarter. And I'm okay with that, though. You know, I'm okay with going 11-1 and one every year. That's cool. <laughs> like, like, sign me up. Where do I sign the, the dotted line? Like, let me have that contract. But, no, I mean, what he's done, like, I know Colby made up, uh, brought up the stat, uh, what, he's won, like, six of his last nine SEC games? Correct. Which is way better than the people that came in at the same time as him. I mean, you look at, yep. you know, Butch Jones. You look at uh, – Gus. Gus, Gus is the Gus bus has derailed, guys. The it Gus bus awesome. transmission just fell out, and it's about to go over the side of the cliff. <laughs> a, a very average Georgia team beat them at home the other day. The Gus and bus is overheating. Look, then you look at Stoops, also at Kentucky. Like last year, we were all over Kentucky, thinking they were going to be the next, the new hotness. But they've struggled this year. I mean, lost to Vanderbilt, kind of struggling, guys. Like, like Burt looks like the best hire of that year. I mean, what do you guys think? Well, you couldn't have said that at this time, even last year. I mean, you know, let's face it. We had just snapped the losing streak last year at this time. Uh, you know, it was an average LSU team. We did beat a pretty good Ole Miss team. Um, but, uh, you know, it was at home. It was bad. It was, you know, uh, bad bow that showed up. I mean, you know, it, even after the bowl win, we were all pretty excited. But I think we're, our, you know, and then, you know, September this year drove us almost to the point of suicide. Like, I, I had to cut Logan down one night at his parents' house because he was swinging from a chandelier. That's how close we came to losing Logan and just being a two-man pod. Like, Toledo. Toledo, no. That, that, was a, that was a suicide note. Toledo in all caps, underlined four times. And I was like, no, Logan, you can't go out like this. It'll get better. No, I mean, seriously. And here's the other thing. And, like, you know, wins are wins. And you want to get them any way you can. And I know Gus won the the West and the SEC, and he went to the title and should have probably won the title. But what has he Bert done for is, me lately? Bert, well, what have you done for me lately? And Burt's getting better every year. Burt got here, had a bad first year, okay, but not unexpected by the same token. It was bad, but we knew it would be bad. Then last year he finished his hot. Now this year, with the injuries, with a new offensive coordinator, you know, you, you, you lose a – uh, an all SEC type running back. You lose your best returning receiver. You've got it. You know you've got lose a lot on defense. You're, he's steamrolling towards eight freaking wins. He won six last year. Uh, I mean, I said all along that eight and four is our best case scenario, and I was selling on that stock like like mad after the A and M game. But yeah. we're gonna do it. Like it's like it's gonna like it's probably gonna happen. Like I mean, I I, I would be surprised. I'd be disappointed if we lost. I'm disappointed if we lost to Missouri. I mean, at, at worst, we're going seven and five. That's yeah. an improvement on last year. We're going to go to Memphis or Nashville or Tampa or Atlanta. We're going to a better bowl. I mean, it's all coming up burnt right now. I just, <laughs> Logan said it best. He said, I wanted to run the bowl out in September. Now I just want to chug some fireball with that man. <laughs> like, I would love to run into him at McDonald's Breakfast or Dixon Street this weekend when I go to the Mississippi State. Like, what can you say? Like, And here's the thing, too. His demeanor, I know we were on him about some of the comments that he made and, you know, we wish he'd shut his mouth and all this, but – He's been even kill, right? Like he got a little emotional after the AM game and, you know, disappointed and all that, but he never panicked. He's not out here, you know, I mean, he's saying, we're going to go back to work. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And he just had that belief. He instilled that confidence that things were going to turn. He had, he had, he believed in what he was doing. He I didn't say, waver. I'll say this. I mean, like one of the best characteristics of a coach is you've got, I mean, this, this team that he's had for like the past three years has went through so much, like they've lost a lot of close calls and it's really hard 
to keep a team from giving up when that happens. Like we we've lost a lot of close games in the Burt era, a lot. We've had multiple it's podcasts talking about. Hard it. to keep fans to keep believing. I know Think that. Think about us as fans. Yeah. But he's done it. Like he's yeah. done it, and he's got the he's got the players ready. We're ready. Like this is a, a very exciting time. Like this is the first time since 2011. Or I feel really confident going forward. Like, you know how you talked about, like, with Petrino every weekend, you woke up knew when somebody was about to get messed up by Petrino. And we knew we were about to beat somebody. Absolutely. I feel, I'm starting to feel that way now, though. I am. Like, yeah. Like, we, we just destroyed LSU and Death Valley like it was nothing. Like, we dominated offensively and defensively. We just like, owned them. Here's the thing. And that, like, last year we all agreed that was an average LSU team, and we were at home, and we were ready to break the streak, right? We all, top, we all know that. Top 10 LSU team. That's this team was talking. They were the number two team in the country before Alabama got – Two teams have beaten LSU this year, Saban and Arkansas. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And they're gonna and they're gonna win out. They're going ten and two. Like I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, said after his press conference, he said, "You know, we could have done the quick fix. We could have got more wins early." But he's like, "I want to build a foundation where we can keep winning year after year." And um, that's something I want. You know, I'd rather take longer to build something. You know, slowly. You know, go to six to eight, maybe nine. And 10, then, you know, we're, we're expecting 8 to 10 wins per year. I want it to be that way, and I'd rather it, it take a little longer and build it the right way. And I think we were, t- you're, we were just talking about, like, Malzahn, not saying he'd done things wrong to, or quick fix. I just think he inherited a bunch of his players that he'd recruit before. But he's one of them you're saying that, you know, one real fa- – you know, his first year, and it's kind of been – he got he's get, he's got worse every year where Bielema's went up. And um, like Frank Brule said, they remember what you did no- do in November and last year in November, this year in November, even this first year when they, they got beat by South Carolina 52 nothing, Alabama 52 nothing, and they played every game close in November. I know it don't mean anything, but they almost beat LSU that year. They almost beat Mississippi State. They almost uh, – yeah. That's the thing, too. You want your coach – like, okay, early in the season, like, you obviously want to win every single game. But if you've got to pick games to lose, you want to lose those early ones, and you want your team to be getting better as the year goes on. You want that's them to peak at the end of the season. That's the sign of a good coach and a good team. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't give up. They've kept practicing. They've kept getting better. They keep buying into the program, and that's what Burt's doing. Every year, we've gotten better in November. Our best football is played at the end of the year. I mean, that's just a fact. And pr- pretty soon, we're going to have players where, you know, we could have a loss and kind of have a little more depth where stuff like Toledo is not going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to be next year. Right, I mean, of course, gosh, we should be Toledo every year, but I'm saying, like, we won't start off as slow. We'll start off, you know, a better team, you know, maybe a top 25 team, and just keep getting better for the end of the year and hopefully be a top 10 team by the end of the year versus yeah. we're trying to get into the top 25. Here's my thing. Year. Next, next year, we won't be breaking in a new offensive coordinator, and I, don't nope. think there's any, and I don't think there's any way possible we have as many injuries as we had this year. Knock so, on wood. Ten Knock broken bones. Ten players ten have broken, broken bones. Ten broken bones. Club Burt. Cassidy's everywhere. Club Burt, two turns. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, sky, sky's the limit, guys. Sky is the limit. Can, can I? I know where Barb. Well, yeah, I mean, Brett, here's the. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, you got it. We, we're keep on the bread. I had to say something about LSU before we end the show. So let me. When y'all. Oh, go ahead. About bet. All I was gonna. All I was just gonna say is LSU. All you know, we're here now that they were beat up from Alabama. But all week before, we heard how motivated they were to beat Arkansas. They wanted revenge. Yep. They remember Arkansas. Ole Miss, the same thing. Exactly. And you seen Hugh Freeze. He was he was talking about he wants Arkansas real bad. LSU came yep. out motivated and stuff. But, I mean, Arkansas just beat them. It wasn't even – if it was close, you can say, well, maybe they were kind of beat up. But, no, everybody – I mean, the commentator was talking about LSU's fullback is out. Heck, they didn't talk about Keon Hatcher being out. They didn't talk about Cornelius being out most of the year. They didn't talk about Jonathan Williams being out. I mean, Arkansas has less depth than LSU, 
and they still beat their ass. And I mean, <laughs> it, it, it was uh, it was nice. And um, I I don't really like to get out and talk, you know, a bunch of crap about teams. I just kind of keep to myself and but everybody. But um, with LSU, I don't care. They just they look at Arkansas like they're not as good as them, and uh, they're pro- they're not as far as like you know championships and everything else. But as far as when they play, um, Arkansas's had their number the last decade. It's five and five. So um, you know they moved the Texas A&M game. They traded you know for the Thanksgiving game and moved to Arkansas because they just didn't think is Arkansas's a rival. But ever since they moved it, Arkansas's two and zero. Uh, let me say this too. You know, I, I'm glad you said that because, you know, I think Brett does have that edge about him too. You know, the, these uh, revenge type games, games like that. Uh, you know, Ole Miss. Like I opened the Arkansas Democrat Gazette on the Saturday of uh, of the Ole Miss game, and I look at it, and it's Hugh Freeze like like looking off into the distance as Mississippi motivation. They said we've had this game marked on our calendar for 300s. You know, well, be careful what you wish for. You know, like I mean, here's the thing. Like two years. Go, yeah, I get it. Arkansas is an easy mark, and you're, but this is you're seeing that this is a quality, uh, a quality team, and like you can really, like like Logan was saying, you can see the future now. You can look at it, and you can say, look, offensive line play is always going to be strong. Um, going to have good running backs, you know, uh, the, the the quarterback. And here's the thing too, everybody's worried about losing BA, and I mean, after the year he's had, you're not going to replace that next year. But think of the highly regarded quarterback prospects we signed. Um, you got Ray Pete. Every, everyone's a four star, so. <laughs> Yeah, you've got you've got Ty Story, you've got Rafe Peavy, you've got um, Ricky Tan. I mean, you got options. You're going to have competition. You're going to have somebody step up, and 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 you know, grow into that role. It's just you're right. There's going to be talent over you know overwhelming at every position. And again, you talk about LSU, like in Ole Miss. I mean, this here's the thing. <laughs> These have been the best two Ole Miss football teams since Eli Manning was on campus, right? Probably, maybe even. Since Archie, I don't know. Like they had one really good year with Eli, but Arkansas is two and zero against them. Like I mean, you know, Ole Miss they they want to act like you know some fans are getting high on the hog and things like that, you know. But you lost and to Memphis. The, you lost. You know. And the sad thing is, these aren't even really highly regarded Arkansas teams. They're kind of you know no. middle of the pack Razorback teams. You know, this ain't this ain't like Nuts best two years. It's not like Petrino mm-hmm. era. I mean, this is like middle of the pack. I mean, I get the conference is stronger than it's been, but regardless, I mean, you've got a, a middle of the pack Arkansas team beating your best. Your best Ole Miss team. Your two best teams of, of the certainly of the freeze era and probably since well definitely since Cutcliffe was in was in the house. It's probably since Archie, honestly, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because Eli had the one year. They had a couple good years with Romero Miller and Deuce McAllister, but as um, far as and talent, then, you know, L- as far as just pure yeah, talent, they're, they, I mean they've got four or five first rounders this year. Part four first rounders this year. Treadwell, um, uh, Kim Dichi. Treadwell uh, just holding a twenty-eight yard slant, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and Tunsil are all – they're all top ten picks this year, I guarantee it. And LSU, think of the talent. Again, this LSU team had everything to play for. They wanted to stay in the semifinal. They wanted to stay in the playoff hunt. They lost to Alabama. Arkansas embarrassed them last year on national TV. They rushed the field. They got the boot. It's LSU a night had, game. We heard they it's don't It's a night game. That, how many times – yeah, how much do – oh, Death Valley at night. Oh, LSU will be ready. That's thing, too. Burt won two revenge games on the road and then went to Neyland and also won on the road. Three SEC road games in one year. Burt, that's, I, that's incredible. Ending careers, like – I mean, seriously, like, Burt's, Burt's yucking it up right now. Like, Burt against his contemporaries now. He's one and two against Gus, but he's, he's won the last two. I mean, look, he's just lining them up now. Like, the dude – and, again, if the dude goes eight and four – 
I don't care how what the we look like against Mississippi State or Missouri. If you get these two wins, you get to eight and four, and you get a you know I don't know if it's music. I don't know what we're in line for then. I'm personally hoping for Nashville or Memphis, but if, if he does that, uh, that that's it. Like I I think I'm almost at a nine guys, and you know I've been pretty critical of Burt in the yep. past. Uh, I'm actually gonna stop calling him Burt now. He's just gonna be Brett, <laughs> just BB. Um, you know, gosh, like when you talk about. I don't know, like just an impressive coaching job, and I don't. You can't say enough about him. Like I said, just like Colby was referencing that that belief that he's going to get it done, he's going to do it his way. Um, you know, and his fans, it's not easy to to sit back and say, you know, to endure these three three or nine seasons or the long, you know, the, the long SEC losing streak. And the other thing too is, I know we've talked about the we, we've panned the record in close games extensively. We've gone over. I think we had an entire show dedicated to it a couple yeah, we weeks did. ago. We did. Um, but here's the thing too. You're also in those games. Like he is preparing his team to be it. Like think about it. A and M. I think we can agree they out talented us the last twice. 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 Yeah. Okay. They had more talent than us. We probably shouldn't have been in those games, but we were. You know, did we lose? Did we win them? No. But we were in the game. Uh, yep. Alabama. They've certainly out talented us, but we've been in those games the last two okay. years. Now, we led the fourth quarter this year. <laughs> both both years we've led in the fourth quarter. That's crazy. So. So, like, I mean, again, yeah, you want to win those games, but when you're talking about – you're going to be in a league where you play a lot of close games. And, again, Alabama is – they recruit in the top five so regularly that, I mean, to even just, be on the field with them. You just reload five stars every year. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's all you say. I'm Nick Saban. I coach at Alabama. Here's your offer. Come on down. That's all you do. And I'm not taking anything away from Saban, but I'm saying that that's what Burt's up against. That's what Bielema's up against right here. If, like I was thinking the LSU team, like if Bielema was coaching that team, I guarantee that would be – might have been undefeated. They'd at least have one loss, but it, they wouldn't have done what they did last night. Malachi Dupree I mean, just seven. reeled in a 35-yard <laughs> touchdown pass. Broke but down. you're right, yeah. Dupree, Fournette. I mean, even the quarterback play. I mean, yeah, seriously. Like that, I mean, uh, so – Again, you got to look at Bielema, and he really. Then you look at the roster situation, and what I mean, those guys didn't fit his system. Like, you, if you look at it, and you don't hold his first year against him, which you, you have to. You got to take some accountability. But I mean, the dude—it's pretty freaking impressive in this SEC West, in this SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, just just can't say enough about. It. I'm with Logan. Yeah, it almost seems now like it almost does seem like man. You know, you look at it and. Some, some other hope. schools are going to be looking for coaches, and we're probably locked in. Like, we were trying to fire this man six weeks ago. <laughs> right, right, like, rightfully so, though. Rightfully sure, so. Sure, sure. There were questions. I mean, there were certainly questions. Let's agree on that. The and, fireball chair was on fire. So. And, <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and I don't think, you know, of course, Bielema, you know, he he said, I apologize to the fans. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know how he put it, but he said, I'm embarrassed for the fans. So he definitely wasn't having, happy about it. And I just hope it's kind of a learning point for him, you know, maybe to not take somebody so lightly or maybe just a learning uh, point for the whole team. But you know, kind of go back a little bit to in- injuries. Like, I think they're kind of a blessing in disguise. I mean, of course, it would be nice to win 10 games, but uh, players like Drew Morgan that won his games later in the year, Dominic Reed might not got the reps or playing time. Yep. Or, you know, Alex Collins might have not broke out like he did. Yeah, exactly. Think of the reps you've got moving forward now. I mean, it's been um. So you might beat Toledo and Texas Tech. They might lose to Tennessee and you know Ole Miss. And the SEC record, we stand a very legitimate chance of going six and two in this SEC West. I thought we were third in the power rankings in the SEC. That's not bad. Clay Travis, Tennessee one. I was gonna say, what was Tennessee (laughs) and Tennessee's JV one two? Yeah. Just ripping on you, Clay. 
we've got to uh, at least talk about Mississippi State a little bit. Not a whole lot of time left. Just kind of, I'm gonna start with Coleman and go around to Charlie and just talk about yeah. what you think, what you want to see out of the game, uh, and a prediction, I guess. So go ahead, Coley. Um, you know, I'm kind of nervous. You know, Dax, uh, he just carries that team, and uh, they put up some passing yards against Alabama. So it's just kind of far secondary can just keep them out of the end zone, and it seemed like they. The Ole Miss game, they couldn't tackle anybody, and they really improved last week. The pass even still wasn't great, but I think if they can uh, limit Dak Prescott, I think they got a really good chance. Um, and I, I think Arkansas just got to offensively just got to keep doing what they do. I think they they're going to put up points. I think we're confident. I, I even going to LSU, I, I was like, you know, I think we're going to put up points against them. I was just worried about our defense. So um, I think Arkansas wins this. I think put thirty one twenty seven. Oh. oh. Oh, buddy, they're going to be point scored. Uh, they're going to be point scored. Uh, I just hope there's some fireball shots to chase it with. Yeah, uh, this is a scary game. This has been a scary game to me all year. You know, I feel like State's a little undervalued. You know, they haven't really had that big win yet. I mean, they had an opportunity early in the year. You know, they beat, uh, they played with LSU. They beat Auburn, which we thought meant something at the time, but it, it really didn't. No. Uh, it, <laughs> just said, no. Uh, but, you know, so, like, you look back over the over the year, you know, so they don't have that big win like Arkansas has, but they're a solid team. They're going to be ready to play. They're playing for the same thing Arkansas is. Uh, this is a team that, uh, let's face it, they've actually had Brett's number. They're 2-0 against them. They've won in Arkansas. They won in Little Rock two years ago, and then they won last year. Um, I think Arkansas is playing better. Um, it seems like Mississippi State's pretty healthy. Uh, they're going to be point scored. Uh Oh, yeah. I'm looking. They're going to be points. Uh, I think the Hogs can win, though. I just think that, you know, maybe it's even a last drive situation. Whoever's got the ball last. Uh, Not another one I of think those. BA does it again. Oh, I, I think I see it coming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Give me Arkansas 35-31. BA hits Greenwood for um, I don't know, like a, like a 12 yard touchdown with under a minute left. Like yeah, like you know. The, the Boston Mountain Miracle or something. I don't know. We'll think of the name <laughs> later on, but uh, something like that. Sta- big game. Big game. Exciting game. I'll be in the house. Logan, you're going, right? I'll be there. I'll be there. Colbs, uh, are you going? No, I'm not. That man! <laughs> I uh, I think Mississippi State's running into a buzzsaw this weekend. Oh! Uh, I mean, look, you're, you got a Razorback. We got fans now that are ra- like ravenous. Like we haven't we haven't seen us at home, I guess, since what Auburn. Auburn. So well, I mean, UT Martin. UT Martin was homecoming, but okay. Well, we'll, we'll skip that one and we'll say, all right, <laughs> the fans are now ready after this Ole Miss and LSU resurgence again. And uh, I, I mean, I think it's a buzzsaw. I mean, I think we I think we kill these guys. Like I really forty five to fourteen. Uh, no, not that bad, but I do – I mean, our defense, Charlie, come on. I mean. Oh, you're right, you're right, yeah. That just stepper passed me for a 37-yard run. I've actually watched quite a bit of Mississippi State because there's a lot of people at my job that uh, – Right. That, that they, they are huge Mississippi State fans. We talk about it every week, and uh, they're very worried about this game. They actually – like, half of the people that work at Dillard sold their tickets because they are that confident they're about to get ran into a buzzsaw. So, wow. uh, yeah, I mean, that's how bad it is. I mean, but look. Mississippi State's defense is atrocious. It's really it not is. very good. No, I mean, no, I would, no, I would not, I would, I would not be surprised if Alex Collins runs for two bills on him. I would not be surprised Ooh. at all, at all. So uh, I'm going to take Arkansas 41 to 20. Ooh. Oh wow! 41-20. Logan with a lot of confidence. A lot of confidence, man. I mean, I, I just, I just think we're, we're playing with too much swagger right now. Mississippi State's yes. kind of down after the Alabama loss. It's on the road. Fayetteville's going to be bumping. Our offense is clicking on all cylinders. Defense and pass rush too has gotten way better. I mean, that, that yeah, uh, yes. And if we can pass rush like that, Mississippi State don't got a chance. Like they don't have a chance at all. 
And this will be a revenge game for Arkansas last year because they thought they had Arkansas. I think this will be the most electric atmosphere in the Bielema era because, I mean, A&M was pretty electric, Alabama, but it was kind of dampened by the, you know, the rain and stuff. But I think this will be – I've seen a bunch of people there. It's actually going to rain on Saturday too. Oh, well, it rains. Sorry. Uh Uh-oh. Bielema's pretty good in rain games. (laughs) Well, it fits his offense. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, well, let me let me ask you all this. Do, do you think there might be do you think some of these undergrads at the university, do you think they might do some drinking before the game maybe? Oh god, there's going to be so much <laughs> fireball consumed. Oh my oh, god. There's going there's going to be kegs of fireball at every like <laughs> section like Every tailgate at, in the from Baum Stadium all, all the way up Razorback Road, you're just gonna have. Uh, I'm telling you, you know how they have like the sponsorships on the big board. Like I swear yeah. to God, if it's like uh, the Brett Bielema show sponsored by Fireball, I will die. Like I will literally die. It'll be the end. Hey, hey what's up, everybody? Uh, it's me. It's Coach Bielema. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think there's a good chance. Um, anyway, they've uh, we, we've gone on entirely too long. We had a lot to cover too. Uh, it's been a fun three weeks. Hopefully we've got two more. We've we certainly got two more regular season games and a bowl game left. Bowl uh, game. I can't believe we're saying that after all that happened this year. We were talking about missing a bowl game and then missing it again next year. And now we're going to, I can't, football's we, crazy. Two wins were on the, on the table. We, I think I locked us in at three and nine. I said, <laughs> all right, we're going three and nine, which again goes to prove we don't know Jack. Is, is this yeah. the craziest season? Like as far as like week to week, everything changes. I mean, from, just college football in general, you know, we thought Baylor was, you know. 2007 you know, uh, is probably the only one I can think of that's crazier. Do you it, remember 07? Yeah, yeah LSU crazy. won it with two losses. But, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I thought he Furies is probably the best coach in SEC behind Saban. Now it's like he's got a lot of talent, and he seems to start off hot, kind of like uh, Stoops does at Kentucky. They start yeah. off hot the last two years, and then at the end of the year, it's like they're not very good. Then, you know, it's it's just a crazy season. You got yeah. Arkansas sunning them. You're losing games to the Liberty Bowl to Memphis, who's been exposed the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing too. Like you, you, as time goes on, and Toledo lost a game finally, um, a heartbreaker. But you know, Texas Tech, they're middle of the pack in the Big Twelve, and that was a revenge game for them. You know, I think that's something you'll look at going forward as a bigger deal in college football. You know, with the parity, who's more motivated every week? You know, well, I, that, I, I think do, I think that was Cliff Kingsbury Super Bowl though. It was yes. obvious. It was obvious that he had that one circled for a while. Like he was ready for that one, and that kind of team is like the perfect. Crypt he had that on his heart for. Like we needed, look, we needed, ta- we would have needed Brandon Allen to play the game he had against Ole Miss to beat Texas Tech because our defense wasn't stopping them. It, you didn't have to go for it for a two, you know, in overtime or something. Yeah, same deal. And Brandon Allen wasn't ready for that yet. So, and you can't expect him to be every game like that. I mean, he can't play like that every game. What Texas well, it's interesting Tech- you say that. Pat Mahomes just completed a seventy-six yard post pattern in my bedroom. Um, catch and run like just no no defensive back in sight like I don't know why I'm hanging out with all these college football players weird (laughs) all right well guys we're gonna go ahead and bounce out we'll be with you next week to recap the Mississippi State game talk about Logan I will be on the scene very excited about this one I will be on the scene as well I will be there with my I'll be on the field y'all look for me on TV it'll be the suave good-looking Brad Pitt type guy oh god Uh, probably bundled up probably bundled up to the uh, I was hanging out with Jeff Long uh at the Auburn game I'll tweet that picture here later Because I know y'all want to see it. But, guys, thanks for listening. Seriously, been a great three weeks to be a Hog fan. Uh, You know, appreciate all the support. Sorry we were away, but uh, we're back now. Uh, Any closing thoughts? No, we're good. Woo pig, and we'll see you next week. Woo pig.